Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence, learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We have a special Christmas Eve show today. Thanks so much for tuning in. To start us off, my first guest has worked with many of the top brands in the world and come up the advertising ranks to the CEO post, most recently at McGarry Bowen and J. Walter Thompson. More importantly, he's a stellar human being and tennis partner. I am grateful my friend Simon is joining us. Welcome, Simon. Hey, Molly. It's great to have you on the show. I appreciate you making time. I'm happy to do whatever I can to fly the flag and support your Say, say It Skillfully enterprise. I'm very proud of what you're doing. Thanks so much. So, my friend, what is on your mind today? So, um, I thought I'd talk a little bit about an interesting point in my life career. Uh, one of the things I learned through business and leadership was that the more authentic and conscious conversation you have, the more interesting it is, I think, for everybody and the more of a difference you can make and the truer you stay to yourself. And um, I'm in an interesting transition point. Uh, I'll turn 55 in 2020. And uh, if I look at my career, I'm to think about a third chapter. You know, generally speaking, I've got to have 30 years of working in the marketing, marketing services world all around uh, the globe. Uh, working with some incredible companies and incredible people. Um, and there are uh, sort of three stages to, I don't know, my career and the way I reflect upon this is you're nourishing, you're building, you're developing, you're growing. Then chapter two is really about harvesting. And then you reach chapter three and you start to think about, okay, so what do I do now? What Am, am I going to replant the field? Am I going to sell the farm and move on to something completely different? And so I've been thinking about that. And as I as I tackle that juncture in my life and career, it's been challenging and not been um, easy in the sense that I've had a lot of clarity and definition around my next career move, the next part of my journey up to this point. And now what's exciting and also um, slightly anxiety fueling as well is the fact that um, none of the normal rules or previous rules apply. And um, I'm kind of facing a paradox that I have to reconcile, which is that I've never had more experience and more expertise, but been, in some respects, in the industry that I've come from, been less marketable, which is ironic because when I had less experience and less expertise, I was uh, much more marketable. So I'm kind of in the process of resolving that paradox and figuring out how to deal with what I can do in an industry and a business, which frankly um, is the average age of it's 28 to 30. Um, uh, And um, people sort of generally cycle in and cycle out. And you can kind of become just almost definitionally irrelevant based on where you are in your stage in your career, because you're just not seen as by definition contemporary enough. So, um, Sort of what's on my mind, what I'm tackling and dealing with, and it's it's an exciting time, 
but it's also a scary time as well um, in having to think about those challenges in that situation. Well, I am grateful you brought this up. I think this is on the mind of many, many, many folks uh, who are tuning in. And first, I really want to acknowledge your being upfront about you know, the, the upside, but also the scariness of it. And in previous shows, I've talked about that notion of vulnerability being a must for trust and how important it is for the senior most people to, um, to model that. So thank you, my friend. Not surprising that you have that within you because um, I think that's contributed to your success for sure. And I get the tingly kind of feeling, which is that unknown, you know, of how do I springboard into something when it's less of a track? Because when you're more coming up the ranks, it's kind of you do this, you do A and then you do B and then you get promoted to do C and then you do D. Um, I'm curious about you know, there's a sense of you and the growing within, and, and I think everyone, I've said this before, you do the work. What are you good at? What do you like to do? What brings you fulfillment and meaning? And I'm curious how you think the, this notion of the, I love definitionally irrelevant, because there is, there's a lot of up and coming. You're not a digital native. You're not this or that. Talk to me about your experience with what the workplace thinks. What are some of the perhaps biases? Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating because, you know, I, I dealt a lot in my leadership and management role and r- running companies and, and operating divisions of, of dealing with and managing programs and investing in programs to deal with both conscious and, and unconscious bias to help educate, inform, and rewire many uh, human tendencies that we don't even know that we possess um, in terms of how we see the world and how we see people, um, recruiting practices, um, and, and so on. And it's kind of interesting and fascinating because you're standing, you're sitting in a situ- situation and placed in a situation where you're managing, um, programs to try and, um, remove those biases and to deal with those biases. And now, of course, on the other side of the table, um, I'm facing some of them and experiencing some of those prejudices that um, I, I, I wasn't in a position to really appreciate and understand as well as I do now, having been being on sort of the side of the fence where you're having to uh, walk into a situation where you may be viewed um, either just off the basis of your resume or your CV or when you walk in the room um, in terms of the biases that you know the, the audience may have as you come in as a, as quote unquote, a candidate for something. Hmm. How, uh, you know, this is so crazy because you're you know, so successful, had senior most roles, and then to share that the, the potential discomfort, the coin flipping, and the fact that you've been on both sides is, you know, we talk about this shared reality, being able to put yourself in other people's shoes. Um, what, what, what are some of the things that you think need to happen for, if you will, the younger folks to appreciate the the less younger and vice versa. I'm just I'm I'm wondering what yeah if you could you know what could what no, needs it's to happen. Yeah, what I've what I've said. I think um I think that um we are in a culture that uh, is more divisive than I certainly would uh, like it to be, um, and more fractured than I wish it was. 
And I think that there um, is a little bit of an assault on people's open-mindedness um, and willingness in certain instances um, to view things uh, as laterally and as without prejudice as, as, they, um, um, as they perhaps ought to. I think, and it, I guess it comes down to also, an, I think I've learned that, you know, it's really interesting that for us to be really creatively driven, you, know, you have to have the ability to just look at everything through the opposite end of the telescope. And I think that trying to remove all preconceived notions that you have about things, um, uh, as hard as that is, um, is really, really important. And actually what I've learned through this is that um, if you can become, and I think if, if people, and you know, whatever their age of demographic cohort is, um, more open-minded and, and willing and more lateral in your thinking, I think you're going to be more creative. And I worry that in some ways what happens when there is a narrowness of vision is that we just, just the ideas get weaker, not stronger. Yes, this, well, I've always thought of you as a total creative genius. I'm a wannabe creative genius. And the, you, you just hit a real hot button for me because to, to tap into that collective genius is the only way to maximize on the creativity, which is the disagreeing, the wow, why do you think that? When you were coming up the ranks, because in, in that business, that's so valued, being creative and what have you. Did you find that people were really open and, and leaning into the differences? Um, or was that always a challenge to get people to be so open-minded in the, in the advertising creative process? It's, it's just, it's, you know, it's changed over the years. It's sort of oscillated. It depended, depended very often where I was working in the world. I spent three years working in Poland after the wall came down, setting up a, an office for one of the major advertising networks um you know that was a very interesting um experience and wherever i've been whatever i've wherever i've traveled and whoever i've been with i think um i've seen different chapters of it you know um i i I feel that uh creativity should know no bounds and um what it's made me realize is that actually the more structured and the more I went up the sort of food chain of uh, the, the business world, in some way, the more, I mean, one's creativity gets inhibited because you sort of just start to narrow your view about certain things and have certain expectations and viewpoints that actually you really need to challenge. And, um, one of the things that, you know, I, 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 rather than sort of drifting off into a world of um, joining boards and doing consulting work is, you know, trying to stay within the industry is, is you know, you, you, I want to be able to give back and actually share some of these things that I've learned and try and um, almost address some of the narrowness that I have experienced myself and the inhi- um, things that inhibited my own, uh, my own creativity, you know. I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll say one thing, um, you know, as well in answer to your question. You know, there was a saying when I was growing up in the business that if you're if um, if you're good enough, you're old enough, which was always used to um, to actually push younger people forward because they would 
not be given opportunity because they weren't considered to be, you know, experienced or mature enough. Um, and it's quite ironic, as I said earlier, that, you know, when there's a, there's a sort of opposite to that, which is that um, uh, if you're um, of a certain age, uh, you just can't be good enough, <laughs> you know? Um, so anyway, I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, for sure it does. And uh, I want to, th- you know, from a practical level, and I can imagine listeners nodding their heads uh, on both sides. And in order to address something, the most important thing is that we have a shared reality that the dynamic exists without making anyone wrong or bad. And the skills to be able to, and this is at any level, notice and saying, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that you know, we're not as open as we might have been a year ago. I'm noticing a slight hesitation to ideas that don't seem that they're generated, you know, by the digital natives. But just ability without judgment, which is hard because I can, you know, I appreciate what you're saying because I'm in the same situation career-wise. And it can be, you can feel like, a defiance, stand my ground. I've been here X decades. How can you, you know, not honor that? And that's Absolutely. not easy to get over, right? Because that's very valid. You know, whether you kind of come up through the trenches, whether you've quote unquote paid your dues, um, it's a very real feeling. And I would offer to folks, uh, with, uh, again, that's very, very valid for you, but for folks to consider. If I am in the other person's shoes, what is my what state can I be in that will help them perhaps to just open their eyes to the fact that, huh, maybe unconsciously I'm not being my best self for these other folks. And you know, your ability to have actually lived on both sides is obviously the most powerful. But if you can have folks imagine fast forward, which I think can be hard. You know, when we're younger, we're we're never going to die, and we never make mistakes. <laughs> I remember those days. Right. <laughs> and, right. So, you know, and and I just as we did a little bit of lightness, you know, I might offer to folks that those are things that can help. I I have I always feel very sad because I talk to folks who are um, later in their careers, although not really in what they could contribute, and there is a sense of hopelessness. Oh, I'm never, I'm just viewed as, you know, blank, you know, irrelevant, um, not with it. And I think that if I could encourage folks to show up in a way that does show your power, saying, well, I know you could imagine that perhaps because I didn't grow up with an iPad when I was two, right? But can I share with you, are you open to? And when you use the, are you open to, hopefully folks can consider, well, I didn't realize I was being closed. Um, you've got yeah, young, young folks, I would imagine. Tell me a little bit more about the, how you're seeing the young people. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, folks that are driving, building businesses. I mean, I've been doing some work recently, some consulting work to, to some search work to find a marketing services partner for a startup company. So I met with, you know, over 20 companies. Um, and there's an incredible, um, people out there that are starting businesses and creating great companies that are, um, you know, in their late 20s, early 30s. Um, and it's amazing, actually, to see how commercially savvy they are in, in many respects and the businesses they've been able to build. Because um, it's no mean feat to start a business, build it to 50-plus people, generate enough revenue, 
and ultimately profit to make it a going concern. I mean, that, that takes, you know, an enormous amount of energy and, and um, acumen. And so I'm, I'm impressed on some levels with um, the, 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 the advancement of the, that age group um, to be able to build these new dynamic businesses. Um, what I do see is, though, that um, as the world of advertising and media has become, quote, unquote, and li- li- actually literally more programmatic, um, there's, there's less uh, room for what I call uh, r- rumination and consideration of things at more of a high concept level. And um, I think that execution of ideas and content that's created in the digital space um, can be very powerful, but it can also be extremely transactional and not have an impact at all. And I think that um, there's a lot of execution out there that's looking for a better idea behind it. And um, I think that that's an area where I see the business changing, not necessarily for the better. And it's not even that it's worse. It's just, it is just different. But I think that 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 those level that that the ideation um, that is the essence of you know what a brand puts out into the marketplace and the concept behind it um, somewhat of a sort of lost art of 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 um of that storytelling narrative that gets built over time because brands get built very differently today and therefore that's reflected in the types of people who um and the skills that people have in the business. You know? Yeah, I appreciate your calling out this transactional nature. I hear that a lot um, and generally a little bit of a, a disappointment in a, and also not really knowing what to do about it because for sure people will say it is about the people, it is about the relationship, it is about the connection. And to your point, that story is about creating that personal connection to to a brand, to an organization. And it's, you know, I... I, I think back this whole say it skillfully to me is a back to basics because it's really about helping people be in the best relationship they can with themselves first to then put themselves in other people's shoes and then to consider, wow, who are we together as a group? And, um, yeah, you know, it's, actually, it, yeah. The way I was just talking, as I was thinking, you know, I, I, I've, I've, one of the things that I've kind of concluded that maybe as a way that, that sort of helped define this next chapter in my role is it's less about now being the creator and more the curator. Um, I think there's a role for people with my background and experience to help um, people curate, nurture and nourish platforms and thinking um, to make sure that there's enough, I suppose, longer-term structural integrity behind it, even though you may not be at the apex of the creative um, function as things um, kind of move forward. And I think that uh, the curation piece, piece of it is interesting because it requires, you know, deafness. It requires uh, uh, time and, and, and effort and being meticulous and... The idea that, you know, um, nothing's necessarily going to happen overnight, even though there will be aspects of 
<laughs> KPIs that people want <laughs> to happen overnight. But I, I think that's um, that's probably you know. So if you ask me, okay, well, what would you you know what you, what role do, could you do? Do you see yourself doing or in in that world? I think that the notion of curation is is important, um, and that that I think serves people who have a lot of experience and expertise can serve them well in finding a new niche. It's impressive, Simon, and I call this do the work, how you're being very reflective and able to you know, take yourself out of your life and think about how I could reposition myself in my life. And I think for many folks, it, you know, you, if you want other people to look at you differently, you have to look at you differently. And I just want to call that out, right, for, for listeners that, again, not surprising to me because I know you're, you have a lot of range and you have an ability. I have always been impressed to not get stuck in your own head, your own mindset. Um, what, you know, in terms of externally um, for organizations you're working with, I am curious when you are out and about, what percentage do you feel like totally get that, wow, here's someone who could really help us amp up what we're doing? And how many, what percentage do you find really fall into the don't quite get it? And I'm just, I'm really just, I know this is your own personal Yeah, experience, no, it's I'm a great curious. question. It's sort of 50-50. So you get the sense that 50% of folks just immediately don't know where or how you can fit in. And it's pretty visceral, almost. The other 50% are intrigued by your ability to build bridges and to network and to open doors for them. Because one thing, obviously, that you know, is very appealing to people is that, well, you know, you've got uh, a digital Rolodex of 30 years worth of, of contacts and relationships and doors that can open into businesses and industries. And even if it's, you know, uh, six degrees of separation, you can always find your way into something because that's what happens when you have those, that bank of time under your belt. You build up an amazing network. Um, so it's sort of, it kind of falls into those two groups, really. It's almost, yeah, we don't really know where you fit in, and, you know, we don't... And then also, the other thing I would say just is what happens if, when you've come from a very senior position, you run companies as well. In some ways, people don't even think of you for certain... Uh, to talk to about certain roles or positions because they just assumed that you had got to such an exalted level that you don't really, you're, you're sort of just happy to go do board work and move around with some consulting here and there and sort of just drift into semi-retirement. There's almost a sort of assumption that that might happen where actually for whatever reasons you have personally and professionally, you still want to be in the cut and thrust of it. But I think it sort of goes down the middle, really. There's those that just don't see it at all, just based on their perception, I guess, and just how you fit in. And there's those that, that are intrigued, but they, they kind of want to use you as a bridge. So I, I would encourage for folks a work with the willing, because there's a change opportunity, and know that every conversation you have that opens up someone's eyes, it's, there's nothing, you, know, you can certainly spend time in the 50% that are 
not quite getting it. Um, I've always been one to like work with the willing and and help them to get it. Are you? Do you find that with with like people are open that with a little bit of education, Simon, that they're willing to change and and go with you? I mean, are you finding an openness to actually? I, I, yeah, I think so. I think that it goes. It's sort of. It's a little bit of a peeling back an onion. You know, there's is there willingness? Is there an open mindedness? Is there interest and intrigue? Start the conversation. What 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 problems are they dealing with that they can't solve for themselves? And how do you get them to think laterally about uh, the problems that need to be solved as opposed to, well, this person's looking for a job or not, you know? Um, the other thing that I'll say is that, um, you know, the biggest challenge in business today, I mean, maybe has always been, how do we grow? Where's growth coming from? And I think that um, that's also the doorway into proving one's relevance or at least getting interest in the potential relevance you can have because the growth question is a challenge for any business and one of the things that having those networks, having those connections, having experience of the marketplace, having seen businesses succeed and fail, understanding what a growth strategy is and isn't is of value. Um, But again, on the other side of it, if it's with a company that's just doing just fine in their mind, and there's no issues and they can get along as, uh, and grow as, as they have been, then, you know, they may just look at you and say, well, don't need that, you know? Yeah, I get it. You're, you're also sounding, I could imagine for folks, look, this guy's got it together. He can evaluate himself. He's got these connections. And, you know, I know it, there, you know, and we've talked a bit about this offline, some of the struggle. And, I, and I'm wondering how, when you have struggled, you know, have you leaned out to certain people just to help folks with some of the things that may have helped you as you've reconfigured uh, yourself for you and, and having these different kinds of conversations? So I've always believed massively in mentorship. Uh, and I've, I've had over my career, I mean, I mentor people now that... Uh, um, uh, uh, I've built that, that obviously I have, have, have helped during the course of their career. And actually, uh, as an aside, in answering your question, um, someone said to me the other day, it's probably those people that will um, ultimately um, help you most as opposed to necessarily peers that you've, you've grown up with, which is interesting. Um, I have two or three mentors that I have known for um, either a very short period of time who are significantly younger than me, two of them, and one who I've has been a mentor for me for many, many years. So I guess what I have, what I do is I, I, I tend to go to those people that I have that unique and special relationship with um, at both ends of the spectrum. Because I think, you know, having people that are much younger, less experienced than you mentor you is really helpful. So I, 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 I sort of, I, I make sure I stay very connected to those mentors to help find inspiration, things that can guide me, um, and things that uh, can, um, can help me in, in all of this. And also, I think the other thing, Molly, which is, 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 is really important is, you know, my, my, my life now may be a composite of three jobs, you know, as opposed to one, you know, three kind of key assignments that aggregate into, into one 
you know, what is one career at this point, um, as opposed to one particular position. You know, I'm also starting to perhaps realize that I also have to think very differently about the structure of what work is to me now, or what I do, as opposed to it being single source, if that makes sense. Well, it makes a ton of sense. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering uh, when, because you've cultivated and, and you know these these very trusted relationships and um, people telling you like it is. And can you just share uh, when people gave you some tough news about you? And I'm just you know because you're a senior person and if people are willing to go there, it, just any example because I just think that's instructive for our listeners. Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, we only ultimately, you know, uh, learn from. I guess criticism that's constructive, right? But also probably at the time feels feels harsh. Yeah, I mean I've had situations, uh, a couple of situations in my career where um, earlier on, and even actually in even in the latter stages, um, I, I would act with a degree of um, impetuousness that wasn't always as necessarily as thoughtful as it could have been. I. One of my defining characteristics about, I guess, one of the reasons that I was successful was the idea of I was a big believer in speed to solution because the world moves fast and you have to always operate at whatever the speed of business is. So I wasn't really ever one for a whole degree of navel-gazing and procrastination, although this could tell about interview conversation may make people see me differently. But I'm actually pretty kind of quick to, I don't know, assess a problem, see an opportunity, and jump on it. However, there's a downside to that, right? Which is that sometimes you're not as thoughtful and as considerate and as um, uh, considered as you need to be. And I had at, t- at times um, made de- decisions that were then brought to my attention by people who basically, yeah, had to give me a pretty, it was a pretty tough lesson to say, well, you know, uh, I don't really know why you reacted uh, and, and did that with, the speed that you did because um, um, that's you know that's hurt us um, and that 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 was I, over the years I learned I had to learn the skill of reflection and, and deliberation which would not did not have not ever come easy to me thanks thank you for that uh, we'll, we, we will continue our conversation for sure um, for today um, before we wrap, do you have a top takeaway uh, from our conversation? Yeah, um, my takeaway is that uh, even though it's a challenging time and there's a lot of questions I'm asking myself, that um, you you are always great to talk to you because you um, always see things in a very positive and optimistic light. And I think that I see this, and I feel like it's an opportunity, and I'm on the crux of something really interesting and another very creative part of my, my career. And so one thing I do take away is the importance to see things um, in the light of opportunity and not, you know, sort of, woe is me, and also not to get in, caught in the entitlement trap, right? I mean, I, I, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, no one's entitled to anything. Um, yeah, it's great to have a lot of experience and expertise that you built up and a whole stack of great relationships, but, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, 
it, it, it's it's worth only so much. I, and I think it's all about regeneration and recreation. And uh, I've got to stay true to my creative self. That that will be the answer for me. Stay optimistic, stay creative, and that will be my salvation. That is beautiful. I appreciate your humility. I am in awe and always inspired by you, Simon. So obviously, if I can be of more help, I'm here for you. Uh, I really appreciate your calling and spending time with us on this Christmas Eve, and I thank you for being part of the solution. Thank you, Molly. With that, um, we'll take a quick break now. You're listening to Say It Skillfully. I'm your host, Molly Chang, and I'll be back live with you shortly. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Our sponsor for this show is CEO Works, the value coaching company. CEO Works is an executive advisory education company that advances the work of human capital. I partnered with them on client projects, certified as a value coach myself, and seen the impacts firsthand. They have a unique approach to creating value quickly through talent by identifying the most critical roles, designing the roles, then powering them up with the right incredible talent. Their model coaches the ecosystem all around the talent to produce leaps in value. Their focus is not only on the talent, but also on the role-talent combination. The CEO Works team believes we can improve the world by improving business. I encourage you to find out more at ceoworks.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Say It Skillfully, featuring your host, Molly Chang. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or join the conversation on LinkedIn and Twitter with the hashtag, Say It Skillfully. Now back to your program. Welcome back. Our caller now is Kathy. I'm thrilled Kathy is joining us from New York City. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Molly. How are you today? Could not be more fabulous, and I am grateful for you for spending time with us. Um, Kathy, what's on your mind? How can I help you today? Good. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for the conversation with Simon. I found it fascinating, and I can relate to him um, in two ways, one being of a similar age and to working with um, early career folks um, and understanding that they're in that very transactional work mind. And uh, I find they often don't know what they don't know. And um, I find myself often stepping back and saying, hey, can we take a step back? Hey, can we look at this objectively? Hey, is there a strategy around this? So um, thank you for that, because that is really uh, something that's on my mind today that I wanted to ask for help with. Um, so I have a colleague, and she's a member of our HR team, and this uh, well-intended person has a pattern of circumventing established processes to speed up the work for her internal clients. So once again, while you know, she's very well-intended, this continual attempt to go around the process affects multiple teams and employees. Um, it really puts us often into a tailspin and creates a lot of chaos. So I would like to ask for your suggestions on how I can approach this conversation with her. 
I appreciate this uh, cutting corners in the spirit of trying to speed things up. That's what I'm hearing. Yes. And uh, so tell me a little bit about your relationship with this person, Kathy. How long uh, have you worked together? What's, you know, do you really close buddies or more distant colleagues? I've worked for about three and a half months. We're colleagues. We have an amicable relationship. And uh, I find her back in that situation um, that Simon was talking about of um, being earlier in her career and then the experience that I've had of really not using a strategic approach and just wanting to jump in and fix things with a good intention. But that creates just ultimate chaos around us. I can see you're like, I can see this happening. (laughs) Have uh, have you or has anyone approached this colleague, yeah, just any, what's been, what's happened? Yes, yeah, so we've approached it diplomatically, um, mo- members of my team as well as other teams. It, it affects um, when she tries to circumvent the process, especially for onboarding a contractor or a new employee, it affects multiple teams. So we've had this diplomatic conversation with her, laid things out, like this is what it affects. Um, this is how everyone is now affected by your request to do this for your client. And um, their response is, yeah, 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 okay, but can you do it? <laughs> <laughs> so is this, is this the, is everyone's experience, wow, she's not getting it. Yeah, there's a lot of frustration um, from team members across about three or four teams. Like, what, and we're now, like, what do we do now? And just this morning, another request came in at the uh, September 24th to do something in three days that usually takes three to four weeks. <laughs> and so now we're, we're all like uh, in a tailspin again. Wow. This, this is a gem. Have you had yeah. an, uh, I'm going to use, you know, jokingly, the intervention. Has the whole team sat with this person? Or has it more been one-on-one chats? Uh, the whole team has not sat with her in a vocal conversation. We've all contributed to email threads and um, Slack or chat threads. Got it. In your sense, do you feel like it's something, uh, it's a one-on-one conversation or do you think it's an opportunity for a group conversation, Kathy? I think a one-on-one conversation would be more helpful. Um, And my thought is to approach it from like, hey, just wanted to share with you, like this is how these requests affect others sort of in a caring or empathetic way. Okay. Okay. So I'll give a couple options. Let's, let's go with okay. a little more bold option to start. And okay. um, we can be bold. I mean, I know you're, you're very caring, you're nurturing. You know, that's not, I'm not worried about you being misinterpreted. So um, in, in a lightness thing, let's just call this person um, Kate. Kate, okay. right? You're Positive, okay. Kate. Can you know? There's. I know how much you care uh, about our clients and about making us uh, successful. And I appreciate your effort. You know, acknowledge her. And then you know, with the smile on the face, Kathy, you could okay. you could literally be Kate. I gotta lay it on the line with you. And and you can even connect the dots, Kate. I'm gonna punch you between the eyes. And she might be okay. like, what? Just kind of like shocked feelings. So you catch her a little mm-hmm. off guard. Okay. 
I'm going to be really upfront with you from a place of love. Just call it out. And just lie, you know, we've had this, we've talked to you about XYZ and just call it cutting corners. You can label it however you want. You can help her understand that you understand her positive intention. And then this is the experience, you know, that's not working for us. So, and I say, I'm not necessarily advocating that, but I want you to have some range to think about, God, maybe I should just punch her through the, between the eyes in a loving way to just kind of startle her a little because it strikes me as it's going one ear and out the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. So until you get a little bit of abruptness and coming from you who's very kind and very discreet and very nurturing, that might be something that causes her to think differently. Maybe not, right? So that's just one idea. Now, the other idea is also positive intention. You may set up that you'd love to have a group meeting about this. And from a place of great caring, you know, Kate, we've had these conversations. She go, yeah, and then you've been saying, yeah, 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 and you still want us to do it. Just kind of agreement, like shared reality on what's happened. And then you say, Kate, I need you to put your shoe, yourself in the shoes of and pick a department. Okay, so and, and Sam in whatever department. Kate, what do you think it's like for him? And force her to, and I, I said, I need you to close your eyes. You're now in charge of that department and what, what's happening. And go department by department by department. Very slow, deliberate. And the opportunity is for Kate to, to really viscerally get a sense for, God, that must be so annoying if, I'm, if it takes me four weeks. And, and so I don't know if they're in that role, if there's something that, that she could in her kind of, it, it would be a, a parallel. Like what if I asked you to do something in, you know, a minute instead of an hour, whatever, whatever that task might be. But the idea is to get that person to really out of their own headspace and out of their own experience, and consider for a moment what it's like for other people. Mm-hmm. How do you think she'll I like that. respond to that? Yeah, you gave me a lot to think about. Um, when I look at the two options in relationship to her personality and what I and, and the way she works, I would say that bold number one is probably the best option to go to. And I think the key is this is the experience for us. And then combining that with um, something you mentioned in option number two to go department by department. This is engineering. This is finance. This is the next one. This is the next one. Um, So I think that would be helpful to really like lay it out. Yeah, I love that. Your combination there. The, um, the, the feeling um, is when you putting someone and having her put herself in other people's shoes. If you can really get her to the feeling part, since she is very transactional, and that may be something that she. she well, what do you mean? How do they feel? And so you may need to coach her into. Well, are they happy? Are they sad? And then you know, the the clincher. How do you think they feel about you? So that gets it to be very personal and, and, and that usually will get people to appreciate. Now, they may, she may disregard 
But if you can call out, wow, I'm, my experience is you're not really getting the sense of how people feel about you and work with that, I guess is what I would say. So I know a lot of folks will say, well, so-and-so just doesn't get it. And then they, they will go away. And so your ability to kind of stay there and, you know, with a, 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 a soft pressure um, help Kate to to lean into some of that. Because I, you know, early, we were early. When you're earlier on, it is very much like do, 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 do. And the feeling, those, that's kind of numbed from us. Um, and so that just uh, just comes to mind for folks who tend to be very, do, 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 you know, connect the dots, one, two, three, four. Um, so you might try that, those kinds of things as well. Yeah, thank you, Molly. I think that part about how do you think they feel about you could be a big wake-up call. Yeah, and I for folks who... Get yeah. attention. Yeah, for folks who may be worried about offending, always it's this, you know, I'm not doing this to be offending. And because you have this privileged position of being more senior, you know, having more longstanding, the company calling out saying, I know I want you to make sure you know I'm coming from a place of caring. And if I were in your shoes, Kate, I would definitely want someone to sit down with me. And again, it's hard. So, you know, we all, we have all been there where like decades later, we're like, gosh, I'm so glad that person had the conversation with me, although I didn't really appreciate it at the time. So those are words that, um, although I'm not ever worried of you coming across that way, can help you feel more confident that you're serving the whole here and, um, and doing a service to our, our friend Kate. Um, do you have a top takeaway from our chat, Kathy? Uh, well, you know what? I, I just had a little epiphany when you said serving the whole, and that went back to us all being part of the solution. So we're all part of this problem. We're all part of the solution. Um, so I think keeping that top of mind is my is my number one takeaway. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you take advantage of that little phrase. You can always blame Molly. I have all my clients do that. Blame Molly on that and, <laughs> and ask, Kate. Hey, you know, here we are. I'm curious, Kate, you know, where would you rate yourself, right? If one is part of the problem, 10 is part of the solution, where do you think you are? And those kinds of, you know, the number thing always tends to get people because no one, she may put herself, you know, one way or the other. And I, I think that could also be a great opening line um, to, to create a real sense of, well, maybe I'm, I'm really not, maybe the world really isn't the way I'm seeing it. Right. Um, yeah, I like I like that. Quantify it with a number. Where do you think you are on the scale? Yeah. So um, this has been fantastic. Thank you, Kathy, for taking time. I really appreciate you. Um, obviously, I'm here for you, and uh, your support means the world to me. And uh, I wish you a, a great holiday, and thank you for being part of the solution. Good. Thank you, Molly. I appreciate uh, having a path forward now with Kate. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Okay, our final caller. I am delighted um, to welcome Brian to the show. Brian's got a long career in high finance uh, in the U.S. and overseas. He's transitioned um, his career and is working in art and finance. Uh, Brian, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Molly, how are you doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you great. 
Wonderful. Uh, so, uh, you know, have happy holidays to, uh, to, to all of your, uh, your listeners and, um, wonderful hearing from, uh, from Simon and Kathy, by the way. Uh, I hope they're still on. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, what, what, uh, the tricky situation could uh, we talk about today, Brian? So, yeah. So, so Molly, I've, I've, I've known you a while. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you know one, one of the funny things that that, that happens uh, with executive groups or you know colleagues is, you know, I, I've got uh, you know team members that sort of <laughs> they, they basically talk too much. So, I guess my question to you would be, um, you know, how would you how would you uh, thing to resolve someone that talks, you know, an awful, awful lot about their knowledge, their experience, uh, you know, the whole area that, that, that everybody's in, um, without, without offending them. And also, uh, you know, I mean, they, they contribute, they contribute so much. I think they tell you everything they don't know, um, at some point, um, but uh, you know they're they're always very very well intentioned, but it it, it it's very off putting to uh, to 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 uh, let's just say a general group, um, you know when someone just you know continues to talk and talk and talk, and I've got a little bit more to say about it. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I totally can appreciate this, and I bet a lot of listeners are nodding their heads. Uh, um, I'm curious when this is happening, what have you done in the past to try to, to change the behavior? Well, I, I, I can tell you, um, I, I've always been very respectful. Um, people, uh, you know, if they're with me, you know, uh, in locus, uh, kind of roll their eyes. Um, you know, they respect this person, but they don't appreciate it. So, so, uh, uh, unfortunately, I, I, I've always let it go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So, this is where we're going to transition from Brian being part of the problem to Brian being part of the solution. I love it. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. so I'm going to just offer um, a, a first um, uh, um, tactic, and, and I don't think this, from what it sounds, applies to someone who just doesn't have the awareness, but for folks where... It might be a new group or you have a sense that some people may um, uh, go on a little bit longer. Setting at the outset, setting up at the outset, some um, just ways that the group's going to really flourish together. And being upfront, today we're going to really focus on the fact that we want to hear from everybody in short sound bursts, right? There's MIT research that shows that short sound bursts from everybody is how you get the the best out of the group and just put that out there and say, you know, I may go on. So I want to empower all of us to, you know, snap our fingers or something light, you know, roll your, your hands forward so that all of us are, are honoring others and giving space. And so you kind of create that as a group responsibility. That's the ideal way to handle this. And, Mm -hmm. And if you need to intervene, it could be, Oh, John, my gosh, I see your passion. I'm going to ask you to wrap it up right now. So that can work, I think, when groups have the awareness. What I'm sensing from you is, you know, you. You, got, you got someone. So this can be, um, and, and I, you're, just, you're just always so calm and, and sensitive and caring. Use those assets in a one-on-one conversation and um, pull the person aside and, 
and 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 ask if it's a good time. So so and so, I appreciate all that you add to the to the group. Acknowledge the person, and and I have something that may not may be a surprise to you. Is now a good time that I can share it with you, and that gives them some agency to say yes or no. But it's basically a sense mm-hmm. that there's something coming here that may not be exactly the most positive news, and say so. Love you to death, right? You think you're amazing. And here's what I'm noticing about how others are responding to you, which is well, not you know, a uh, Molly, I, I appreciate that. I, I think that's exactly, uh, exactly the right uh, counsel here, um, you know, because uh, the, the, the folks that, or the whatever, the folks I'm talking about um, do have an awful, awful lot to add. Right. And uh, as I said, you, <laughs> I, I generally get at the end of the day um, what they don't know, um, despite, you know, despite all their uh, or, or or in light of all, all their conversation. And um, you're, you're exactly right. I think just trim it a little bit um, and, and they want a little bit of attention. That's and it's good for you to 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 recognize that and and help them. You know, it comes from a place. It can come from a place, frankly, Brian. Or you know, the people may be very expert of some level of insecurity. So it's the I've got to over justify myself, and we, you know we can appreciate that happening. A way to then build in because you can have these conversations and the person doesn't really change, and then you just feel like, what am I going to do? So the ability to offer in that one-on-one, um, you know, so I, 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 I see that you really want to be able to contribute in a more, you know, crisp way. And what can I do to help you? And have mm-hmm. them offer. And if they don't provide something that is so, so useful, you can also suggest, okay, how about if I do this, and it might be a signal, you know, we can make it light, a tap on the head. Um, or you could say, do I have permission? And I'll, I'll jump in and say, so-and-so, that's fantastic. I'll ask you to wrap it up in one sentence and help you move on. So you become a, a partner, right, to help this person overcome um, their tendency. So, so, so your most useful advice is to basically, uh, and I, I would agree, uh, tap them on the head in, 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 in either either physically or metaphorically, um, and have them become part of it, and uh, you know, uh, let, let, you know, acknowledge their their contribution, and uh, have them you know <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> That's awesome. You're amazing, Brian. I want to thank you for making time today, and uh, I thank you always uh, for being part of the solution. Wonderful, Molly. Thanks, folks, for tuning in. That's a wrap for our show. Please reflect on your top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality that's essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 